Welcome to the Leadership Matters Podcast, where we talk matters of leadership because leadership really does matter. Here's your host, Jeremy Albrecht. Hey, leaders, welcome to episode 48 of the Leadership Matters Podcast. My name is Jeremy, and I'm so excited that you've decided to listen into this another episode here on the podcast. We've been having some great interviews lately with some great leaders where I've had the privilege of asking some some questions to and just learning about what keeps a leader healthy, especially in this season as we go through this pandemic and now uh, hopefully come out of it. And so uh, for this particular episode, I've entitled this one Reflecting on a Reaction. And this is a, a, a one-off again where I'm just, I just want to share some thoughts, uh, again, to do with, with healthy leadership and what that looks like personally. And so I want to open it up by just sharing a, a, a personal story uh, from my own life. This happened a few months ago. We were all kind of seated at our at our around our table as a family and it was just a typical midweek family supper together you know no big deal this is something that our family is quite used to and familiar with and oftentimes these family meals bring about all kinds of routine mundane moments but they also bring about often some not so routine events as well. And on this particular occasion, we had just finished up our supper and we're about to start the cleanup process after supper where dishes get cleared from the table and put in the dishwasher, all of that. When one of our kids had the bright idea of bringing out a bottle of slime. Now, before I start pointing the finger at my kids, I'll be the first to admit that I have instigated my fair share of after-supper gimmicks, from dish sud fights to tea towel flicking to ice cube wars, like I've, I've contributed too, so I'm not just pointing the finger here. However, on this night, I was still actually seated at the table when the slime was brought out and a game of catch began. And as the distance, as I sat there and watched the distance between my two kids who were tossing this slime back and forth become greater and greater, so did the pace at which the slime was moving back and forth between them. And with every throw, it was quickly getting closer and closer to our white, flat ceiling, which I had the fortunate pleasure of just a couple years ago sanding and painting after some drywall work. And so I knew the work and the amount of labor that went into getting this ceiling to look the way it currently does. And so as I looked around and scanned the room, I quickly noticed the smiles on each of the kids and also reflecting on my own as I look back, I was the only one seated at the table worrying about this nicely painted ceiling. And I was actually, as I recall the incident, I was actually mid-sentence cautioning these two uh, offspring of my own from hitting the ceiling with that slime. I was like, hey guys, just be careful, you're about to hit the ceiling. And as I'm in the middle of saying this, cautioning this, the, the worst conceivable thing, in my mind anyways, that could happen, happened in that moment. And the slime hit the ceiling and stuck there. And for this brief silent pause, you know, nobody said a thing. And I, I saw all eyes kind of look at the ceiling and then turn to me. And they began to continue with their laughter and pulled out their phones and started taking videos of the slime on the ceiling and pictures and also dad's reaction to capture this moment. Now, what I didn't realize in the midst of this moment until playing back the video was my reaction. 
And to be honest, it wasn't necessarily this outburst of anger or anything that I'm ashamed of in this moment as I, I think back on that moment and I, I even share this story. But I, as I've had the privilege now of, of having this video played for me numerous times by my offspring, it's become apparent to me of just my reaction and I'm just simply not proud of it. I just sat there kind of stone cold uh, they're all laughing, having this great moment, and I'm just kind of sitting there upset in my mind, in my heart, about what's taken place. I mean, I was just cautioning these kids about this very thing, and now it's actually happened. And it's actually something now, weeks, even months later, that I have taken some time to reflect on and examine at some deeper levels. And so I want to talk about that just for a few moments here for our time together on this particular episode, just talking about reflecting on a reaction. I've since come to realize that we are often guilty of reacting disproportionately to the situations we find ourselves a part of because of, of a deeper rooted issue that most likely has never been truly resolved. Reading a book right now, it's called Unpunishable by Danny Silk. And in his book, he calls these the broken spots of our lives. Simply put, our reactions are reflections of the deeper waters of our soul. The problem for many of us is the pace at which we live and lead our lives. And, and hurry is often and can often become this one of the greatest enemies of our lives today. The effect of this is that our hurried lives often rob us of the time and space needed to reflect properly on the interior lives and how we're doing on a deeper level. Uh, another book uh, I highly recommend that I just finished up uh, about a month ago, incredible book on this topic, is by Rich Velotas called The Deeply Formed Life. And in it, Velotas makes the statement that limited reflection usually leads to dangerous reactions. I'll say that line again because I, I think it's so powerful. Limited reflection usually leads to dangerous reactions. And as tough as this is to acknowledge sometimes, I couldn't agree with him more. He goes on to elaborate more on this and talks about how crucial that the, uh, the practice of silence and solitude has become for him and just to all of us as leaders that silence and solitude are... are so crucial in the vitality of our lives as human beings. So, so what are we to do today? Some of you might be out there listening to this and, and you're thinking, okay, so what? What does this mean for me as a leader here in 2022? And I want to be careful in, in, in my answer to that question that I, I really don't want to oversimplify such a broad topic. I mean, it's still so challenging for us as leaders, um, especially as we come out of this pandemic in the last two years that we've walked through as leaders and all the uncertainty. It can be so challenging as leaders to think about creating some new habits that, that you may or may not have considered before. But I want to challenge you as we come out of this to, you know, still early on in the year, somewhat early on in the year, if you're listening to this when, when this episode drops, to think about and consider maybe incorporating a, a couple new habits into your life for 2022. The first of uh, is one I already mentioned. It's the whole silence and solitude thing. And I, I want to tell you firsthand, since the beginning of 2022, I've personally been making this a weekly habit in my own, in my own life. Uh, 
And some of you have been practicing this discipline maybe for years now. However, for those of you who are new to this, I warn you that it's not as easy as it may sound. Now, here are a few practical tips to help get you off on the right track. First one is this, set a timer. So the first few times you try this, set a timer for, say, five to ten minutes. I'll just tell you straight up, that's going to feel like an an eternity to you at the time. That five to ten minutes of just sitting there doing absolutely nothing, saying nothing. There's no agenda here. And that's another practical tip. Don't have any agenda. If you're a person of faith, this is about your relationship with God for these few moments of silence and solitude. Not any demands. This is not your moment to to tell God everything you need or make your demands or present any requests. This is your opportunity to be fully present in the moment without talking, without asking, without demanding anything. And if you're not a person of faith, there's all kinds of scientific research proving all kinds of health benefits associated with this habit of just remaining silent and being being in this moment of solitude or these moments of solitude, five to ten minutes, I, I'd recommend just starting with that and see how it goes. Another practical tip when setting out to do this for the, the first few times is to reframe your distractions. Here's what's going to happen. Your mind is going to wander. It's going to get distracted. You're going to start thinking of maybe your to-do list for that day or, or other things that are just heavy on your mind or on your heart. And it can be very tempting in, to, to get frustrated in those moments when your mind starts to wander or get distracted. But I want to encourage you to just treat these as opportunities to come back to Jesus. Again, if you're a person of faith, to silently say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Anytime your mind gets, gets distracted and you start thinking of things, bring your mind back and just say, here I am. Now, if you're not a person of faith, and that might be a little bit strange to do, to say, here I am, Jesus, or coming back to Jesus, maybe just... Just again, go through the five senses and think, what am, I, what am I feeling right now in this moment? What am I hearing? And just totally silencing your entire being to, to being in that moment. What, am I, what do I taste right now? What do I smell? Uh, what do I see in front of me? And just refocusing, realigning and coming back and being present in that moment, reframing your distractions. The other practical tip is to normalize boredom. Don't think of boredom as a, as a negative thing, but in this moment of silence and solitude, think of boredom as an act of purification from, from the false god, little g, of good feelings. Sometimes we, we are just so, we idolize uh, just wanting to feel good. But just, I'd encourage you in these moments, if you get bored, just normalize that. It's okay to be bored in this moment. This is the, the first few times you're going to do this, you're going to experience some boredom. Boredom is not a bad thing. And so just remember, as you set out to do this silence and solitude and make this a new habit, remember, the closer we are to someone, the more comfortable we become being silent in their presence. I, I can think of, of times early on in my relationship with my wife as a, as a married man thinking, you know, we're driving around in the vehicle and thinking, man, we, we got to talk. We got to say things like it'd be weird if we drove for hours and didn't say a word, but the older we've become, the more mature we've become in our relationship, the more comfortable we are with even just sometimes being silent in each other's presence. And that is totally okay. I don't feel awkward or weird about that anymore in our relationship after 20 years being married. We don't always have to talk. 
Sometimes it's okay to just be silent and be fully present in the moment with one another. And it's the same thing in your relationship with God if you're a person of faith. Now, let me uh, just encourage you after your time of silence and solitude has concluded, I would suggest this would be a perfect opportunity for some expressive writing. You may be thinking, yeah, no thanks, I'm not really a writer. However, I'd say you don't have to be a writer to do this exercise. This is a little different than, than just journaling as, as you're attempting to go a little bit deeper beneath the surface of recording what's in a day or any given day. I'd say a great place to start would be reflecting on your most recent overreaction, maybe just like the story I started this episode with and my overreaction to, to some slime that hit my ceiling. I, I actually took some time to, to journal about that and do some, do some expressive writing based upon why did I react the way I did. And so think of the last time you reacted disproportionately to a situation or maybe the last time someone close to you accused you of that. And then answer the following questions. I want to give you some questions to reflect on it and maybe to write about. First of all, what happened? So describe in detail the situation, the scenario. For me, it was slime being tossed around after supper in the dining room. Family was enjoying the moment, playing, laughing, while I'm sitting there kind of stone cold face, worrying about who's got to clean this up and who's got to, you know, all the labor intensive work that was involved with getting this slime off the ceiling. So what happened? Write about that. Write a few lines about what happened in that particular scenario, what was going on. Then number two is, what, were, what was I feeling at the time? So describe any emotions you started to feel in this particular situation, whether it was anger, whether it was fear. And for me, in that particular incident of the slime hitting the ceiling, I couldn't enjoy the moment because I was feeling this, this, and this. So first of all, what happened? Secondly, what was I feeling at the time? And then third, what was the story I was telling myself? This is so, so instrumental in going deeper in unpacking the layers beneath your, your reaction or your overreaction. So what was the story I was telling myself? And this is, this is pivotal in this whole experience, this whole expressive writing. So write about the internal narrative that was playing out in your head in the midst of the situation. So let me give you what was going on in my head as my family's enjoying this moment and laughing at the slime that's hitting the ceiling. Here's what's going on in my mind. Here's the story I'm telling myself, true or false. Here's the story that was going on. That slime is going to hit the ceiling. It's going to get stuck on it, which no one else will be able to fix and patch up, which means I'm going to be the one stuck cleaning it up while my family continues on with their fun and games, which I'll be left out of that is key, which I'll be left out of again, which will leave me feeling isolated and alone. Wow. Now I'm, I'm just being perfectly transparent and candid and authentic with you and a little bit vulnerable on this podcast, but that's beneath all the layers of maybe my anger or my frustration with my family allowing the slime to hit the ceiling. That's the story that was going on inside of my head. Right or wrong, that's the story I was telling myself. I'm going to be the one left to fix this, to patch this up, which means I'm going to be stuck cleaning it up while my family has moved on from the situation, moving on with their fun and games and their insides, and I'll be left out again. 
which is going to leave me feeling isolated and alone. Wow. Now that's powerful because we've just gotten somewhere now. This is no longer just about slime. This is about me feeling isolated and alone. Powerful, powerful exercise when you get to the bottom of why you react disproportionately often to things that we encounter in our lives. So here's question number four. After you've done those first three, here's question number four. What does the Bible say? Now, again, if, if you're not a person of faith, you, you might skip this step or maybe this step doesn't apply to you necessarily. But what does the Bible say? What we're looking for really in this, in this step is the truth. The heart behind this is for us as, as, as believers, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we believe the Bible to be absolute truth. So by knowing what truth is, we can now replace the lie or the story we're telling ourselves with the truth of God's word and rewire our brains. Again, this is a really key step in the expressive writing process. What does the Bible say about this? What is the absolute truth? And that counteracts the lie we might be telling ourselves. And then step number five, the last question to ask yourself is, what counter-instinctual reaction is needed? Let me say it again. What counter-instinctual reaction is needed in this particular situation? So what should you do in scenarios like this in the future that most likely will not be natural or instinctual? So this is where you're going to have to go against the grain a little bit. So for me, in that particular incident of the slime, I need to smile more. I need to laugh. I need to enjoy these moments with my family as they arise, as life is way too short to always be concerned about what can go wrong. And if you notice what, if you go back to question number three in the story, the lie I was telling myself in my head, that this is going to leave me feeling isolated and alone, because of the work and the cleanup and and fixing this, guess what? The fact that I was not experiencing the same the experiencing the same laughter and joy that my family was in this particular incident, that as a result of that and those feelings, that left me feeling isolating and isolated and alone because I was the only one in that scenario in that situation that was actually feeling those emotions they're all having fun having a blast laughing about this slime getting out their phones taking videos of it I'm sitting there with a totally different reaction different perspective which already left me feeling isolated and alone which is the very emotions I did not want to feel so you see how this all plays out and, and works to our disadvantage. The very thing that I feared, fearing that I would be isolated and alone and be left out, I'm, I'm actually experiencing that in that moment because of my different reaction to the situation. So I need to smile more. I need to lighten up, basically, is what I'm saying, because life is too short. At the end of the day, if I did have to repair that ceiling and fix it, not a big deal. Wouldn't take me that long. And at the end of the day, my kids have a moment, have a story to tell about this situation, a quality moment that I no longer now have to miss out on because I've been able to participate, recognizing that this is actually not a big deal at all. So silence and solitude, I know that was kind of a, a, a long answer to uh, maybe a new habit for 2022, but that's all a part of silence and solitude. So taking some time to sit there totally still, 
totally quiet, quieting your yourself, your heart, your mind in that moment, which can take sometimes five to 10 minutes just to quiet yourself. But again, no agenda, reframe the distractions, normalize boredom, uh, it's, it's okay. And then after that, coming out of those moments, those five, 10 minutes, and you may expand that down the road and grow that into 20 minutes, maybe a half hour. But after that, then going into exp- some expressive writing exercises, and maybe you use these, these questions that I've just um, talked about, or maybe it's something different. Speaking of which, uh, maybe habit number two for you is, is something I call a weekly interior check-in. Now, I've also been including this new habit in my life a minimum of one time per week since the beginning of 2022. Uh, if you've done any reading by, by Pete Scazzaro, a former lead pastor, now author, he, he has had an exercise that he calls exploring the iceberg, where you basically ask yourself four reflective questions and journal your answers. So here's the four questions that I've been that I've been taking and answering every single week. I have my day of the week where I do this, and it's after my silence and solitude. I answer these four questions. It's kind of my check-in moment to see how I'm really doing. The first question is this: What am I mad about? And this is this is you're answering questions, you know, thinking about your anger, resentment, bitterness that might be creeping into your life or has crept in in the past week. So what am I currently mad about? Is there anything that I'm just stewing over? Uh, uh, whatever the case may be. Second question is this. What am I sad about? And this has to do with grief and, and emotions to do with loss or hurt or pain. What am I sad about? Is there anything I'm carrying this past week that is causing me grief and sadness, loss? Third question is what am I anxious about? This has to do with worry or fear or anxiety. What are my deepest worries and fears and concerns that I'm carrying around and have been carrying around, maybe without even realizing it until I sit down to actually write it out? And then the final question is, what am I glad about? What's causing me joy, happiness, maybe something you're looking forward to even? What's bringing excitement in my life right now? And listen, I can honestly say that the more I've been making this a spiritual discipline in my life, the more aware I'm becoming of my emotions and what I'm holding beneath the surface in my life, which gives context to how I show up in any given moment. And that, my friends, is powerful. When you become that much more in touch with yourself, more self-aware of why you feel what you feel in any given moment, it just becomes more natural and you can actually get quicker to the bottom of why you're reacting the way you are to life or how you're responding to a situation or to a person. Or And you, you actually have the ability, the more you make this a practice in your life, I now, I can get there much quicker to what's beneath the surface of why I'm responding or reacting the way I am in any given situation. The, so, so habit number two, weekly interior check-in. So first is silence and solitude. We've talked about that. Here's another practice maybe you want to instill and you don't have to, but just just an idea as, as we get started here in 2022, a weekly interior check-in that I know has been helpful for me. And then the third one is, and this is particular and specific to if you're a part of our, our district, which I currently lead and serve in, Eastern Ontario Nunavut District, I would encourage you to join a cluster. And I'll kind of unpack this for those of you who maybe are not people of faith or maybe you're not in our district. Uh, I'll give uh, 
some words of, of wisdom to those of you who, who maybe don't have the option of joining a cluster. Now, before you go, if you are a part of our district, before you go rolling your eyes or, or shutting this podcast off, just hear me out for a second. In my experience in working with leaders, it's usually the ones who are in need of community the most who are the most prone to ignore it. So if you're a leader within Eastern Ontario and Nunavut District of the PAOC and you're not currently signed up for a cluster yet, or you don't even know what I'm talking about, then please, please, please visit our website. It's available in the description box of this episode. I'll have the website link there and find out more about clusters and how to register. It's free and it's basically groups of three to four leaders who meet together once a month and you get to the deeper rooted stuff in your life. It's basically soul care for leaders. How are you doing? And you get beneath the surface and you have opportunity to to share what's really going on in your life with trusted people in a secure spot where you're not going to be ostracized or looked down upon because of what you're going through. And it's it's going to offer you community and a, a safe place to just be you. Where you're not on, you don't have to lead it. You can just be a part of it with other people who get ministry, who are like-minded, who understand the nuances and the intricacies of being involved in full-time ministry. And so I'd highly encourage this. I'm a part of one. It's been life-giving to me. And I, I can't recommend it enough to the health of your leadership and the benefits that come from being a part of a cluster. One of these incredible benefits of being in a cluster here in EOND is that it provides you, again, with just a safe place to begin processing what's revealed to you as you begin to go deeper in your own journey of self-awareness. And if you're still not convinced, why don't you just read what other pastors are saying about their cluster experience? And you can do that on our website as well. We have some, some just some testimonials there of what other people are getting out of of. Uh, these clusters. Now, if you're not a you're not a leader, you're not a church leader, you're not a part of EOND. What I'm really encouraging you to make a habit is to find your people, find community. Sometimes you got to go and create that on your own. But leaders need to be surrounded by other leaders who get their world where you can have a safe place to just let let loose a little bit and and let other people into what's going on in your life. Uh, I think it's so dangerous to to be isolated and alone all the time and never have people who who see beneath the surface of what's really going on. That could be such a dangerous place. I've I've been to counseling before and I've heard my counselors say, especially for leaders, that you have to, you need to, and I can't stress this enough, you need to have a best friend, somebody who you can you can be completely you with. You don't have to put on a facade. You don't have to wear a mask. You can take it all off and just be completely yourself. And uh, my counselor has recommended this to me. It's something I've incorporated in my own life and leadership is somebody of the same gender, a best friend, an accountability part, whatever you want to call it, somebody you can tell everything to. And I just think it's so important to the health of your leadership that you, if you don't currently have that, that you find that. Go out, make it happen. And so if it's not a cluster, if you're not involved in ministry, but you're a leader listening to this podcast today, uh, if you don't get anything else out of this podcast, I would say I can't encourage you enough to go find a best friend that you can share every your deepest, darkest secrets with, who can fully know you, that you can be fully known. 
by somebody else. And they're not going to judge you for that, but they're going to be there for you always. And that has been so life-giving to me in my own life, my own leadership. I have that, somebody who knows everything about me. And uh, it's been been so, it's probably saved my leadership, to be honest with you, um, that, that I have that space where I can go and, and be completely me. All right, well, why is any of this important as we close off this episode today? And as I reflect on this question, I'm reminded of the story I began with above, the story of the slime. And I realize now, because of the work I've put in to go beneath the surface of my reactions on a weekly basis, that my negative reaction about slime on my ceiling was not actually what I was reacting to at all but something much deeper within. And I talked about it a few moments ago, that feeling, that fear of being isolated and alone. And here's what I'm learning in this season. The more in tune you are with your inner self, the healthier you become and the healthier your relationships with others become. The healthier those around you become, as well as the environments in which you have been called to lead. So leaders... Get healthy, whatever you need to do, whether it's you would take one of these three things, whether it's silence and solitude, you'd make that a practice. Maybe it's some expressive writing, whether it's doing a weekly interior check-in, maybe it's finding community, whether it be joining a cluster if you're here in EUND or just finding a best friend if you're out there and you're feeling ice and you don't have that person you can share everything with outside of your spouse even. Um, and a person of the same gender, I'd highly, highly recommend you start giving that some thought and some consideration as to who you might approach um, and just start that journey with. This is so vital to your health, especially when we're seeing, like never before, leaders that are tapping out, that are tiring out because of COVID, because of pandemic. And let me just remind you, it, we, we can't blame all of this on COVID. A lot of these issues and, and things that are deeply, these broken spots, again, and I'll refer back to that, uh, have been our, in our lives for years. COVID's just exposing what's already been there. And so, I, again, I, my goal in, in offering these leadership podcasts to you, these episodes to you, is that leaders would become healthy because I firmly believe healthy leaders produce healthy ministry. So I want to thank you again for taking the time to listen into this podcast. It means so much. And if this has been beneficial to you, if it's helped you in any way, shape, or form, please like it, leave a review wherever you listen in to your podcast, whether that be Spotify, Google, Apple. Please leave a review. It really helps spread the word and get the word out there so that uh, this can help other leaders who maybe have yet to hear about the Leadership Matters podcast. Why? Because your leadership really does matter. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Matters podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, why don't you take a moment and subscribe on iTunes to ensure you never miss another episode. Until next time, remember your leadership matters.